Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry and today we conclude with our final episode of season four and I thought I'd talk about a hidden classic that we all know and quite frankly is due our attention to explore because it was quite a difficult movie to shoot and it solidifies a certain subgenre. considering what's going on in the world right now I thought it'd be quite fitting to talk about this film about isolation. So today we will talk about the 2000 epic drama Castaway. Directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks, Helen Hunt and Paul Sanchez. A film made at the brink of the new century, a film where the world were unsure on what to do with this newfound rise of technology, the internet, emails, the rise of communication and the introduction of special effects that was hitting a new level, a higher bar. And when all the blockbuster movies had their time to shine, here comes the movie where simplicity was the essence of an extraordinary production. A movie about survival, about being stripped of the very things we hold for granted. The idea of isolation. Robert Zemeckis, the man who is this special effects guru, the man that pushes the boat in what can be achieved with this newfound technology in cinema, He rose to fame with the Back to the Future trilogy with Michael J. Fox. The director was then soon dazzled with what he could do with special effects, being one of the first to introduce different generations of filmmaking with the entire movie using computer-generated imagery like in Beowulf in 2009 in A Christmas Carol and also The Polar Express with Tom Hanks. Of course, he reached critical acclaim when he won his Oscar directing Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump for Best Director, beating out competition like Tarantino in Pulp Fiction and Frank Darabont for Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. So obviously he was well known to Hollywood. Castaway is one of the three films Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks have worked on together, first collaborating for Forrest Gump and then later for this film, Castaway, and then later again with the revolutionary special effects milestone in The Polar Express, like I earlier mentioned. They are in fact working again for a fourth time next year for another milestone in a special effects game where Robert Zemeckis will be adapting the Disney classic Pinocchio and Tom Hanks playing the iconic Geppetto. Now, Tom Hanks' last Oscar nomination was for Castaway 10 years ago, only until recently, actually, when he was nominated for playing Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood last year. So this sort of shows um, Tom Hanks' sort of last stint of how good he was in this film. But fear not, Tom Hanks has won back-to-back Oscars for Best Leading Man, a feat that only one other actor has done before, which I believe was Spencer Tracy. He won it back-to-back in... 93, 94 for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, like I mentioned. So Castaway reunites the Forrest Gump bunch. Tom Hanks was quite eager to make this film when he thought it was time to reinvent this whole subgenre of a desert island. They date back to the Robinson Crusoe stories and even the classic tales of Gulliver's Travels and Treasure Island, but as Hollywood has adapted all of these, they're adding their own touch on the story with love triangles, with deception and just with the you know fight to the death with battle royale and most of these films act on this obvious idea and theme of isolation like swiss army man free battle royale lords of the flies robert pattinson's the lighthouse the blue lagoon i mean there have been many movies regarding a deserted island and the fear of isolation even tv shows like gilligan's island uh follows that sort of basis as well But I'm sure if you ask anyone, name the first deserted island movie, most will say Castaway. And they they do it correctly. They do it in the way that Hollywood should do it, in a contemporary manner. And it's now cemented that subgenre for a while. How to adapt or even evolve from Castaway would be almost redundant because we know the story now. We know what happens. But the only thing you could probably do to steer the narrative into something else would be to, you know 
to take away from being shipwreck is probably adding a scary monster or adding some kind of love interest, but it just doesn't work. Castaway is authentically exploring the ideas of being shipwrecked and the idea of hope and the human nature to survive. And that's why it works because it only focuses on that. There's nothing else to focus on. You really get that sense of isolation. So the film's plot works around this guy, this FedEx executive who takes an unexpected last minute flight on Christmas Eve. And to his inconvenience, the plane crashes into the middle of the Pacific where he miraculously survives and equally miraculously gets stranded on a deserted island. So whilst on the island, he washes up with some of the FedEx parcels and uses some of them to his advantage on surviving. Now, throughout the four years he's on the island, he finally decides to try and escape the island by getting the gift of a sail that washes up on the beach. Tom Hanks claims this is the hardest movie he's ever done in a while, simply because he had to lose so much weight. So the uh, the the weight that he lost in the movie is not CGI. He, um, he actually had to lose that for real. So the movie halted production for a year so Tom Hanks could lose the weight for the four-year ellipsis in this movie. And while they were waiting for Tom Hanks to drop the weight, Robert Zemeckis would use the same crew to go and shoot the Harrison Ford thriller, What Lies Beneath. So Tom Hanks said not eating French fries was the worst part of losing weight, but the thing that helped him the most was having large cups of coffee to fill his appetite. So the skinny Tom Hanks and the blonde in his beard are all real. I think Christian Bale for The Machine has said he would have one apple and a can of tuna a day and he'd even uh, take up smoking as well to feed his appetite. So yeah, before production started, Tom Hanks's, um, you know, delivery put on, you know, he, they, they told him to put on weight to make himself really podgy and he ended up losing 50 pounds in that year. So it's quite an accomplishment, to be honest. It's probably why he got nominated for an Oscar for this role. So the movie heavily uses the delivery company FedEx, who actually had no involvement in this movie whatsoever. And what I mean by that is they didn't pay the studios so they could advertise their company. They were concerned when they heard the project and how it would affect them as a business, but they didn't have any objections to the finished script. And when they saw it, they were quite pleased with the final film. The film actually made FedEx more successful in the overseas market. In fact, after the film came out... FedEx applications went up by 30%, pretty much like how Top Gun came out and the Army recruitment uh, applications went up by 40%. Tom Hanks was honestly a big part of why this film happened and with the involvement of FedEx. He was reading an article about FedEx and they fly across these, um, they, they just fly across the Pacific three times a day. And he thought, well, what if one of them goes down? So he took that basic idea and he combined it with this survival uh, idea that he had and then he merged the two ideas together. He said eliminating the five requirements of survival, which is apparently food, water, shelter, and companionship, oh, and fire. Those are the five requirements of survival, apparently. It's an interesting connotation on what life really is when everything is stripped away, and it went away. It comes down to this sort of national lockdown that we've got at the moment and others around the world. So we were denied existence in the way we were used to and had to evolve and adapt. And that's exactly what this story is saying. In the most extreme circumstances, the ability for the human species to adapt is extraordinary and its catalyst is the human instinct to survive. People are just so set in their ways and have implemented routines in their life. And that's the very thing that's very hard to deviate off. But recently, we've been forced to live a certain lifestyle and it's a struggle, but it needs to be done because we have to adapt to it. So there's a subtle scene in this movie where Tom Hanks is in Russia and realizes that the FedEx is stuck. I think the van is stuck there because it's been fitted with a clamp because they weren't meant to park there. I think they're in the Red Square in Russia. 
So he immediately wrangles a crew of employees for a makeshift sort in the middle of Red Square. So a FedEx sort, for those who don't know, are designed to separate packages into zones, trucks, based on where the country they'll be routed to once they reach the airport. So this process, this routine is so ingrained in Nolan's psyche that even when he's marooned on the island, he gathers the washed up FedEx parcels from the ocean um, and checks their route and destination. And he does the exact same thing when he's on the island. He performs a sort right there on the beach. And that's just the idea of routine. And it's also quite a subtle flip in terms of Chuck, played by Tom Hanks, who has plenty of time to complete his task with almost unlimited resources, but seems to always be in a rush. Then as fate would have it, when stranded on the island, the circumstances become the complete opposite. He has the luxury of time. And I say luxury. He has time but lacks the proper resources to function. And this shows how versatile he must become, kind of like how we've had to adapt during this lockdown. So to this day, after seeing this movie, I never take my shoes off when I'm on a flight in case, you know, in Castaway, he takes off his shoes and of course loses them throughout the crash. So he's barefoot for the whole four years on the island. When he gets rescued right at the end, spoiler alert, you can see him keeping his shoes on on the flight back. One of the early signs of his new lifestyle choices I wonder what yours will be when COVID is all over and all that. But it just shows, you know, the adaptability of this character and how things change because of certain circumstances. And that's a really important message for this movie. And I think it's quite important, especially now. Speaking of spoilers, the film's fretical trailer controversially revealed that Chuck escapes from the island and is reunited with his wife. Now, this is one of the reasons I hate trailers, but it's very hard to not give it away in a film with just so little happening, especially sets primarily in one location. Robert Zemeckis' previous film, What Lies Beneath, which he shot during Tom Hanks' year of losing weight for this movie, was similarly uh, similarly criticised for revealing plot lines or twists in the trailer. And he responded by saying... We know from studying the marketing of movies, people really want to know exactly everything that they're going to see before they go see the movie. It's just one of those things. To me, being a movie lover and a film student and a film scholar and a director, I don't. What I relate to is McDonald's. The reason McDonald's is a tremendous success is that you don't have any surprises. You know exactly what it's going to taste like. Everybody knows the menu. And speaking of McDonald's, or rather yet, junk food or drink, notice how Tom Hanks is offered a Dr. Pepper while heading on a plane after being rescued. Anyone gets that reference? Bravo. I say this because in Forrest Gump, that's what he drinks. It's a little reference because the director and the actor are both the same. And another little reference, maybe, if you've picked onto it, is um, the uh, the reference to Back to the Future when Tom Hanks is trying to paddle off the island for the first time. He's wearing Calvin Klein's on his head which is a reference to Marty McFly because he says his name is Calvin Klein, which is now a running gag in every Robert Zemeckis movie. So every film he's directed, just look out for the Calvin Klein reference. So one of the big characters in in this movie is, in fact, a volleyball, Wilson. And it takes um, someone as mundane and as ridiculous as a unanimous object for him to go sane. Remember, the five things to survival is water, fire, food, shelter, and companionship, and thus enter Wilson. It was Robert Zemeckis' idea of Wilson forming from the blood of Chuck's hand, making it seem like this thing was born from him, which it was. Until his arrival, Wilson's arrival, things weren't looking great. But afterwards, you know, Chuck's luck starts to change shortly after he successfully builds fire. And it's all about creating that mindset for yourself. You're in charge of how you decide to dictate your life. And with the lack of options, this is exactly what Chuck does. 
Wilson is of course named after the manufacturer of the ball used in this movie, but other Wilsons have played an important part, especially in Tom Hanks' life and career. For one, his wife is called Rita Wilson. Uh, Hanks' first television role was Kip Wilson in Bossom Buddies in the 80s, and of course Tom Hanks played Charlie Wilson in Charlie Wilson's War. So, coincidence? Yes, of course. But originally in the script, while Wilson the Volleyball had actual lines with Tom Hanks to help Tom with the acting of it, but they scrapped it. But Tom Hanks knows what the lines were, so he's playing off them on memory, but we as the audience don't know. I mean, in a way, it's a, it's done in a way where we can predict what Wilson is saying, almost, you know, act as the audience in a voice. But yeah, it's quite an interesting touch. So they used a total of three volleyballs um, for Wilson, and one of them was sold for auction for $18,000. God knows what random civilian paid for that. But yeah. But yeah, 15 years later, quite funnily enough, they arranged Tom Hanks to reunite with Wilson at a New York's Rangers game, which was kind of cute. But two of the really uh, big talking points of this movie, which is quite interesting seeing this movie set in one location and not really much happens in it. And with less than two characters, really, and one of them's a volleyball, is the you know the fan favorite reference heavy volleyball which is now a running gag in a lot of movies that include a volleyball or just a round sports ball of any kind and also another enigma which has now challenged the cinematic world is what was in the parcel that chuck returned at the end so to remind you if you've forgotten um upon being marooned on the island he also washes up with several packages of fedex boxes which i mentioned earlier now, after realising after a month that he's not going to be rescued, he opens the boxes up and uses whatever they are as tools for his benefits while on the island to help him survive a little more comfortably. Like the pair of ice skates, he uses the blades and attack, attaches it to a piece of wood and uses it as an axe. But he opens every single box but one. He left one unopened box for the entire time he was on the island and he even manages to be rescued with the possession of that parcel. Now, see that how you will, but it's the idea that hope will keep you alive. The idea that he was so committed to his job, maybe, that he left one unopened for the very principle of it. But that contradicts why he would open the rest. So I think it's mainly the idea of hope. And it's confirmed later on the, on the parcel by saying that this parcel kept me alive. Now, hope will get a person very far, and it did in this movie. And what's funny is at the end of the movie, when finally delivering this unopened package to the person who sent it, I mean, the song playing in the car is Elvis Presley, Return to Sender. But like Inception, like Pulp Fiction, we are never revealed with one of the most painstaking questions, and we still don't know what was in the box. Now, during a Q&A, Robert Zemeckis has, of course, asked this question, and he replied... It was a waterproof, solar-powered satellite phone. And I don't think he was joking, which gives the film a much deeper meaning. Now, there was a FedEx commercial during the 2003 Super Bowl telecast, which featured the final scene of the film where Chuck returns the package to its sender. And in this version, the woman answers the door. When Chuck asks what was in the box, the woman replies, Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifying some seeds, just silly stuff, really. If it was true, it doesn't matter. And that's what it emphasizes. It's the idea of hope and how hard you can hold on to it until something moves. In this case, when the sail finally gets presented to him. So he has a chance to be found in the middle of the ocean. 
Survival is a key theme of this movie, obviously. They even had several crew members left behind on an island to see if they could learn the skills depicted in this movie. Apparently starting a fire was proven quite hard and also opening a coconut with no tools was the two hardest things they managed to discover on the island. If you fancy seeing the island, by the way, and where it was filmed, enter 17.609142177038130 into Google Maps and zoom in all the way in satellite mode. And you will actually see the beach that Tom Hanks writes help on and see it from the peaks in this easternmost part. And it's actually part of Fiji where they filmed most of the movie. Saying that, though, not all of it was filmed there. Some was filmed on the highway and they had to digitally remove the roads, which have ruined the magic and illusion of being stranded on a deserted island. All the night scenes as well in the movie was uh, shot during the daytime and the effects of the night sky was added for effects. So given that Zemeckis is the king of special effects, there is not many special effects in this movie. There is, however, a continuous shot when the camera slowly goes around Chuck at the end of the movie, which lasts like four minutes. But besides that, everything was pretty much shot on set and the weight loss was done for real the island was real it was all pretty much authentic considering this is directed by one of the powerhouses of special effects i mean this movie is an epic tale of survival on an isolated island clearly wants to be seen as a metaphor for discovering what's truly important in life but the adventure story is only intermittently successful and while the filmmakers come tangentially close the big theme eludes their grasp the idea that this man can go through hell to come back from a physical being cast away from his life his wife and his career only to come back and still lose his wife. The message clearly states that there is always a way, no matter what the circumstances are, um, what the circumstances may hold, and there will always be a sign for us to find, hence the ending with the woman and the roads, always looking for the sign. Now, even for us as the audience, if you want to stretch the signs, his name is Chuck Nolan, See No Land, which is somewhat fitting, but also kind of ridiculous. I don't know who found that. Also, at the start of the movie, the camera tilts down to the fireplace where we see a book sailing alone around the world. And when he gets the pocket watch from Helen Hunt, she explains that her granddad used the water, uh, used the pocket watch in the Southern Pacific, which foreshadows his uh, dilemma later on being stranded in the South Pacific Ocean. There are signs everywhere for us to find, especially in movies. Some ignore them. Some don't even recognize them as signs, but just be ready. Be alert. Life is full of surprises. And I think Castaway demonstrates what is truly important in life. But look, that is all I have time for with season four and more specifically Castaway, a beautiful movie and a great performance again from the amazing Tom Hanks, one of his best in my opinion. And that's a really bold statement considering the resume that man has with um, his credits on screen. But yes, uh, that's all I have time for Castaway. Please subscribe to me on Spotify, Google and iTunes. And I'm also on Instagram, Film Exploration AH, or lowercase or one word. And thank you again for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry.